Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Justin Rivera. Justin is a magician and comedian. He's been working for over 12 years now and he's done uh, a couple of world and international tours. He's also done shows for the troops, for the Army, Navy and Marines. He's worked with the Black Eyed Peas and One Word Public. And he got his big shot on America's Got Talent, uh, where he performed in front of millions and millions of fans. Uh, he's also been on uh, the Comedy Central. But before we go, please go and visit our website. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter, at Tell Craig Your Story. And we also have a link there. It's a link tree. And it tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is available. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Apple iTunes. All right. So here we go. This is my chat with Justin Rivera on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi, Justin. How are you going today? Good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. First up, just uh, tell us how everything going uh, where you are in the U.S. and uh, are you staying safe? Yeah, man. Um, fortunately for me, I'm like right outside of the city, so it's not too crazy over here. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely staying safe and uh, just being you know, a little bit more mindful of things and preparing for stuff, so... Other than that, it's just being uh, stuck at home for the most part, you know? So Yeah, uh, sure. Nothing too crazy, man. It's better here than, like, L.A. or New York or Seattle right now. It's crazy, man. So whereabouts are you now? I'm right outside. I'm, it's, like, right next to um, – uh, um, right next, right outside of L.A., over by um, Ontario. There's gotcha. the air, international airport over there, yeah. Okay, nice. And your family yeah. staying safe as well? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I'm um, seeing my my mom more often now, just because uh, she's she's uh, she's older. So, um, but other than that, my other immediate family, like a brother, is uh, he's in LA with his wife, and everyone seems to be doing okay. That's good. That's so, good. You know, yeah. That's good. So has this stopped any of your events or were you on tour at the moment? Did you have to stop anything to uh, for, for this sort of period? Well, um, I was already home, but I definitely had I had uh, shows and some road gigs lined up uh, last month, this month. I was supposed to do a cruise this month for Carnival, and that got canceled. And oh. Yeah, I had some other stuff like out of, out of the state here over in like Salt Lake City, Utah, and stuff like that. And yeah, once the, once the shutdown happened about a month ago, just everything canceled or was um, postponed to like uh, May or June. But now we're um, shut down till um, May 15th, I believe it is. So... You know, just kind of taking it as it comes. Yeah, right. Uh, so, so Justin, yeah. uh, the last the last time I saw you, uh, I actually got a chance to see you in Shanghai, of all places. Uh, so, I do oh, believe right. you were on a huge eighth month 
eight-month international tour. You know, I've got it written down here, covered, uh, you know, North America, um, most of Asia, you know, Philippines, Thailand, India, Vietnam, Indonesia, Myanmar. How did you fit that, all that into a seven-month schedule? And uh, the other question yeah. is, uh, how, how was the experience uh, in Shanghai and China? Yeah, well, um, let me see. So that was 2017, and uh, I basically started end of January. So um, I had I had booked all these major clubs and festivals uh, throughout that time frame, and then uh, you know as a kind of like an anchor anchor gig anchor show. Yeah, and I was just trying to yeah, and I was just basically filling everything in in between with you know smaller clubs uh here and there so my 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 hub my base was philippines because i have family there you know i was just staying with um over at my dad's so uh that was the main base and then i also have family in australia and oh nice uh, yeah and japan too so like you know just it just helps to have uh uh, a base whenever whenever you go uh you know travel perform internationally it's hard to do if yeah. you don't have that i mean because otherwise yeah. you're just basically spending all your money on hotels and yes you know the killing you know what i mean and and um, spending on money between the shows for hotels or whatever you know that definitely helped me to to get around the world yeah, so, right. i mean i was in the i was flying in and out of the philippines for like i was in and out for like seven times uh-huh. um that year yeah you know and then that, that part of that tour was in um was in china and i think at the time we did uh what did we had we did i did yeah definitely uh shanghai and then uh like chongqing chengdu oh yeah shaman yes yeah shaman um i think we were supposed to do hangzhou and then i think uh we got shut down i, I literally as we when we got off the train we got a call and they said the show was canceled. Like literally, oh, no. <laughs> well, stepped off the off the train. So, um, you know, it's China. It happens. Yeah. But, and um, uh, did you yeah. have any experience there in China? Any good experience or any bad experiences in China? Well, uh, my let me see, man. How many times I've been to China now? I was there in 20, 20, uh, 16, 17, and. Uh, was it last year too? Right. So I mean, it's been pretty. It's been all pretty, pretty uh, positive for the most part. I mean, there's definitely like a culture shock of things, or just you know how people live their daily lives there. And yes. You know, when I was first coming around, it was just like a shock to just you know seeing here all the um, you know the hawking and spitting everywhere. <laughs> 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 and. Uh, and, you know, just because I don't do that and I'm a little bit more discreet about it because, you know, you do that over here back in L.A. or California. People just think you're fucking disgusting, yeah, you right. know, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. And like trying to like blow your nose and clear your nose um, without a tissue and like just shooting snot into a trash can, you know what I mean? <laughs> or the sound, you know, that was definitely and I'm kind of. I'm a little bit more. I'm not. I want to say I'm a germaphobe, but I'm a little bit more. Um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm a little bit more cautious <laughs> with uh, with like sanitation and stuff like that and hygiene. And you know that was definitely a a shock. But I must say though, like the last time I was 
there in September last year, um, things were a little bit more um, organized and um, less chaotic and hectic. I was told it's because of the uh, was it the 70th anniversary of the of of China or something like that? Yes. Or it was like yeah, leading. It was. it was leading up to it. Yes. So I, people, when I was there, uh, they were saying, yeah, they they all changed the. Um, you know, they're just telling all the all, all the Chinese people to like, you know, get your shit together and you know, act a little bit more proper or whatever. It's time to be, you know, more about, you know, just be more um, proud of ourselves and like present ourselves better because of this, uh, our national celebration. So like, you know, people were like falling in line, not cutting all each other off, like everyone. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the other thing too. That was a culture shock. Was like people just did not give a fuck about lines. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's just they like, don't. They really. It don't, was. Yeah. It was literally like um like a like a school of um fish like like I don't know like uh, whatever is that is anchovy or sardines like all trying to like rush into the middle of that school of fish so they don't get eaten by the seals or the sharks on the outside like that's yeah. how the lines were like to me like everyone's just kind of pushing in to go in at the same time. Wow. And um, last time I was there, it wasn't like that, and people were actually like standing off to the side on the on the escalator, you know, and letting people oh, pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so much different in that in, in that aspect. But other than that, man, it's I mean, I always have a good time in China. The food's amazing. I love to eat. I'm a big foodie. So I mean, yeah, it's awesome. I'd go back definitely. I was in Wuhan too last September. Oh, had really? A great time. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time. Fortunately, I left before uh, yeah. the uh, you know the whole pandemic hit. At least two two months, two three months before it happened. So yeah, right. But yeah, man, it was yeah. It's uh, yeah, I always have fun in China. Yeah, well, I was the same. I was in Shanghai when it happened, and like as soon as it, as soon as I heard out, found out about it, it was like back to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you um, in Australia now? What part? Uh, I'm in Newcastle. Um, it's it's just north of Sydney. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. North. Yeah, I'll go to my I'll go to my family here um, in this area. So. Um, How far north is that? Uh, it's about a two-hour drive. Uh, north oh, okay. of Sydney. Yeah. I have family um, uh, in Cecil Hills. I want to say that's like west of Sydney. Like uh, it's like an hour or le- like 45 minutes to the airport there so i don't know oh yeah okay yeah so it sounds like a little, little suburb out there and have but, you ever uh, been have you ever performed in australia before yeah yeah uh that first time was that 2017 yeah that was, i did the uh is that sydney comedy club still there at uh yes. little park is that that's still yeah. there yes sir it is yes yeah i did that with um oh man what's the guy's name again um Tall, old, white, gray hair guy. Did he get a chance to have a look around, or was it just strictly business? Oh yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, I got a, definitely did a um, did a lot of uh, uh, sightseeing and stuff. I think that at that time, at that point, I think that was my second time in Australia because the first time I was, uh, I think it was 2013. I did a lot of sightseeing there. Oh no. Nice. Went to uh, yeah, just pretty much did all the touristy stuff. All the beaches and stuff like that. I think where else I else in Australia? I did. I was there. Um, I did. Um, I did the Gold Coast. Yes. Let me see. Uh, I was in Melbourne. Did a Comics Lounge. I was there. Yes. Uh, 
Dude, that's a cool room. I really like that room. Um, yeah. Comics Lounge. Uh, I was in Brisbane. I did sit down. Oh yeah. Comedy Club. Uh, last last October, I was there in Brisbane. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, um, crowds are always, you know, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of fun, and uh, I find that the Australian crowds a little bit more appreciative of, of yeah. uh, when um, they're a little bit more appreciative, especially when like uh, American acts come through. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> it's just it's just funny that we get a lot of the the American media and, and we we get all the TV shows, the Hollywood movies. So yeah, we're all up to date with all that. And then when somebody comes right. in from America and starts uh, telling us all these jokes, it's quite funny. We we actually get a kick out of it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because you know that's one thing about Americans, like especially ones that don't travel or um, yes. You know, ones that just don't, you know, because a lot of Americans just don't, most Americans don't really travel. A lot of them don't even leave their own um, county, honestly. A lot of them don't even leave their own state or whatever, you know, like they, they're pretty much, I want to say all, but a lot of them are pretty much just stuck to where they where they live or the vicinity. And so, you know, Americans just kind of like live in this bubble and point of view where, people like they think like australians are like super foreign you know what i mean yeah. or like south africans are super foreign when like when in reality people that live abroad you know know a lot more about stuff the average american doesn't even know about or heard of you yes. know what i mean yeah definitely so yeah. i can so convince, yeah. uh, i was convincing these people in the u.s i've been there a couple of times myself and uh yeah and convincing him that it was kangaroos jumping around, and I had a crocodile in the backyard, and you'd go and play and wrestle. Oh, really? Oh, wow, that's scary. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, not everyone lives in the outback or the bush. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it's, is it isn't it true? I mean, like in Australia, um, pretty much like the, the the middle part, like is all just like wildlife, and everyone else is just kind of like on the. Outback. Outs- outskirts or like on the on, kind of on the coast essentially right i mean yeah 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 like, it's i think it's yeah. like the sixth biggest country like landmass and we only yeah. have 25 million people and it's just all along the coast and right yeah because a lot of it's unlivable or you know you yeah. can live there but it'd be a harsh environment yeah it, it's like like americans don't get that like it's just like it'd be like over here and saying like like in California, like we have like the Mojave Desert, and it's a huge landmass, but like nobody fucking lives there. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, right. Like it's just. Well, I'm thinking maybe Arizona or Vegas. That, that's pretty desert. It's all desert. Yeah. Yeah, it's all desert, and there's a, there's a, there's freeways that go to it, and freeways that come out of it, and then you have all these little cities uh, not even cities like just little shithole towns <laughs> you know that are like like that that are on the way to the next big town yeah you know? so it's like yeah if you were drive from like vegas and then go straight up north to reno which is like another big um you know uh, uh gambling casino town as well i mean that's a city but like that whole freeway going up is just like you'll see all these like abandoned um uh, brothels and motels <laughs> along that, and you'll see all these like old uh, billboard billboards for um, brothels because, like that whole stretch of highway is like, it's like time never 
you know, time never uh, changed there. It's like all the original stuff was there. You know, there used to be like a this whole um, this uh, uh, trucking route. You know, so you get a lot of these um, <laughs> truck stops and brothels. Literally, that's all it was. And you know, back in the day too, there that used to be a comedy a comedy run where you can do all these um, all these uh, truck stops and brothels to do comedy and just go straight up north from like Vegas <laughs> to Reno. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was back in the day, though. That's like, that run is done, but yeah, yeah. I heard stories of people doing that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, it's crazy. So tell me about, tell me about the, that, this tour that uh, we were speaking about before. Like, you said it, it says here that, yeah, eight months uh, you were yeah. on tour for. How do you sort of keep motivated, uh, you know, traveling all the time, uh, doing the shows? Do you change the setup? Uh, do, you, do you have different things or, or do you keep to a schedule and like to, you know, do the same thing at the same shows? How, how does that all work for you? You know, my, my, my material is pretty universal because there's magic incorporated to, into it with the comedy. So I don't have to change much, but, you know, definitely – there's some uh, when you go to certain countries, like you definitely have to watch out what you say. Like if you go to yeah. Thailand, you know, you can't like do jokes about the royal family because like they'll put you in jail or you know right. shut down shut down the club or fine you or you know what I mean. So um, you know the same thing in China. You know you you can't talk about certain things. Yes. Um, you know, but uh, I, for me, I don't really have to do much of that. You know, just stuff here and there. And I, I find I kind of I mean, you just kind of have to be a little bit more careful when you do um, uh, some of the some of the Muslim countries, too. Like if you go to Malaysia, you kind of have to like, you know, because they because the, 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 the what do they call that there? The, the cultural bureau or whatever. They kind of they kind of monitor stuff or they, they watch for content and stuff like oh, that. Because yes. it's a Muslim because it's a Muslim country. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I really have to do too much. Like I said, I'm pretty, I'm not really a dirty comic. I mean, I can do dirty material, but, you know, I wasn't really, not really known for doing dirty yes. comedy just for the sake of doing dirty comedy. You know, like I can do it if I, if I want to, but I mean, I don't have to do it all the time. Yeah, I don't have to really change too much. But I remember going to like, uh, when I was in Sweden, Norway, like they all speak English, you know, perfectly. And they understand you, but the only thing I had to change over there was speaking slower. The tempo that I'm talking to you right now, yes, like it's too fat. It's too fast for um for uh, Norway and Sweden. Like you literally oh, have wow. to, yeah, you, you kind of have to talk like this and pronounce every single word. Like you kind of <laughs> have to like talk like that, not like talk dumb, but you just have to like slow it down. You know what I mean? Do they get it? So. So they get, no, no, they they, they get, yeah, they they get everything. They're, I mean, they're smart. I mean, Norway and uh, Sweden are you know very smart crowds, you know, and they they, they get it all. But uh, you know, and, and they like hearing English speakers. They like hearing American stuff. Uh, I was told when I was there, like they were saying, like seventy percent, seventy five percent of their TV shows are all American shows. Oh yeah, know, right. So they. Yeah, all their music, you know, that they listen to is American and um, movies. Like, they're all about the American culture and, culture. you know, yeah. And, um, yeah, definitely American culture. So, I mean, they love that stuff. You just kind of have to speak slower. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, like, I, I can, I know basic Spanish, 
But as soon as like a, a fluent Spanish speaker just starts going like, you know, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I don't, I just, I just want to order tacos, you know? So, <laughs> so it's like, it's like I lost you. Even like, like uh, Filipinos, like I, I don't speak it fluently. I, I know I can understand it and I, I know some of it, but yeah. man, when they just start, st- like, start talking like super fast, I'm just like, all right, I, I, I kind of just, I just get the gist of the conversation, but not all of it because I'll miss things because yeah. it's so fast. But uh, material-wise, it's just yeah, I don't really have to change much. For me, it's more about like um, like uh, I guess rhythm and timing and pacing um, of my set. I guess is what yeah. you you know. But anyway, I'm a little bit more different. Like I said, my stuff is not just jokes, but there's visual. It's yeah. visual comedy. It's situational. It's you know um, physical. Some of it too. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, right. But um, yeah. And and t- tell me, um, like you've been uh, a magician comedian for twelve years now. Well, um, maybe longer. Full time. Yeah. I've started comedy uh, fifteen years. It'll be fifteen years next month. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, doing comedy. But I started ma- – I mean, I've been doing magic my whole life. Um, I started magic when I was six, and I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 in August, so it'll be, like, 30 years doing magic. Wow. So um, – but, yeah, but, like, full-time, you know, as a living would be, um, like, 15 years doing it full-time. But, I mean, I was getting paid to do magic shows since I was 12, you know, from yeah, – right. Yeah, from junior high to um, high school, college, like that was always like my side, my so side gig to, to pay for myself. So let's yeah. talk about that. Like, let's talk about yeah. like when when did uh, did your parents do this uh, before? How did you get involved with uh, the magician and the comedian side? Yeah, um, well, the magic, like I said, I started when I was six, and um, I got a magic kit for my birthday because um, I was interested in it. I saw. I remember watch. I used to watch David Copperfield on TV as a kid, and awesome. uh, all these other, yes. yeah, all these other magicians, Lance Burton, you know, all these Vegas guys. And I was like, oh, that that's cool. So I got that magic kit, and I just kind of it stuck. I never really grew out of it, you know. So um, magic just became this obsession and hobby growing up as a kid. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, I was pretty much like the uh, performer of the family really um because at the around you know like three years later i was taking piano lessons and you know i was doing the saxophone i was in all the bands in school yeah drum line you know i was just always about performing and the performing <laughs> arts you know whether it was music or choir or magic or i was even juggling at one point um, all right yeah i used to juggle i never really got too good or um you know, crazy as like some of the, you know, the pros you see nowadays on like cruise ships or the, you know, circus. But yeah, I remember when I was learning how to juggle. I got pretty good for a 10, 11 year old, but I never stuck with it. I mean, I stuck with the magic. That's what it pretty much kept with up uh, for the, for my life. You know, I used to, I used to go to a uh, magic shop when those were still uh, popular, like a brick yeah. and mortar shop. You know, my there was one kind of nearby. My dad would uh, take me there, and my parents, and uh, you go hang out there. And it was it was kind of like you know, for me, it was kind of like 
uh, how comics just kind of hang out at the comedy club and just kind of watch and hang out and observe and, you know, learn stuff and chop it up. Like that was like magic shops for me growing up were kind of like, we're kind of like that too, how comics hang out at comedy clubs. At one point, they, they used to have a, um, like a, a magic club for all the kids at this magic shop. So I joined that and then we would meet, I think like once a month and we would put on shows once a week, every Friday night um, and do shows for the community. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was just a place to uh, practice, perform, get some stage time and, you know, experience in front of in front of people. So, you know, I was doing that for for years. And then uh, let me see my first paid gig. I was 12 years old and I got 75 bucks to do one hour for a kid's birthday party. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was crazy. I have I have this written down like yeah you had a birthday party for Christina Millia's daughter. Millia, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, used, I did that. Um, man, when was that? Like 2000, 2012, I think it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was weird because like it's kind of like a children's like um, like indoor playground. Yeah. type of a thing like a children's center and they they you know you can rent it out to do birthday parties and stuff like that so this children's uh um indoor playground they called me up to do this birthday party and i go there and it ends up being this birthday party for christina million's uh, daughter yeah. i guess she bought out the place she bought wow. out the place and uh, yeah and i was there and um what's his name was there like carson daly was there and oh all these other like you know celebrities she was on. I guess at the time she was the one of the correspondents for The Voice, I believe it was. She was there, so yeah, I ended up doing show for her and her daughter, which was uh, that was when she's a sweetheart and she's gorgeous in person, man. Like yeah, she's right. like yeah, like it was just crazy how gorgeous she is. I mean, pictures like are not pictures don't do her enough. Justice. justice honestly yeah <laughs> even with like all these cameras like yeah high quality cameras like like i was just i just could not stop staring at it. i was like oh my god she's so fucking gorgeous yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy how pretty she was yeah right yeah. very nice yeah and then you then you went into the you got accepted into the magic castle how did all this come about so this was just after oh this? right um uh well the magic castle has a uh, junior program uh, for 13 to 20 year olds. So I have a buddy of mine at that magic shop that I grew up at, um, he was one of the the junior magicians there, and he was telling everybody, hey, you know, they're having auditions um, for new members, so you should come try out and see if you can get in. And I've been to the castle maybe like a couple times before that. It was just a cool place, and it's literally like the mecca of magic. And every magician aspires to, you know, perform there or put that on their resume, you know. So, um, so I auditioned um, when I was 13, and I got I got passed uh, on my first try. Um, and like a lot of a lot of magicians, they it takes them like two or three times to get into the into the junior group and uh i got in 13 years old minimum age uh, my first try so that was pretty um 
that was a pretty cool accomplishment for me at the time. So yeah, right. yeah. and the and the junior pro the junior group is like they they don't really teach you stuff like you kind of you kind of you have to like know your craft already and kind of create and develop stuff there and they help you with uh you know workshops and collaborations and just uh other professionals who are you know uh prominent in the prominent in the field and so um you basically just kind of use it as a place to develop your own act and your own style and develop material you know every month we would meet once a month and have workshops once a year the the juniors uh do a show for a week at the uh magic castle it's called future stars of magic so basically it's like the best of the best of the junior group the best of the junior group because you have to you have to audition for that show again because normally the club is for uh adult adult shows you know adult members you know they don't allow any um anyone under under 21 so it was like a special week where you know the the junior group got to perform for all the adults so Mm. i'd started to do that show um for like five years straight for like 2000 to 2001 to 2005 and then when you turn 21 you graduate and become an, a regular adult member of uh the magic castle and i've just been a member member mm. ever since yeah so, so, so do you go so do you go back there often or yeah every now and then you know um just to hang out watch some shows you know yeah. it's, it's kind of like a comedy club too in a, in a sense where just magicians go out hang out shoot the shit chop it up you know yeah, right. yeah you know they just hang out there's you know uh watch shows it's kind of like have you ever been to the mat uh, the comedy store in in hollywood or oh, in la i've been when I, i've been to the one uh on the sunset strip uh, yeah 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 so it's kind of like that in a sense kind of like that culture in a, in a way i mean it's not as like you know, gritty and, and grungy like the comedy store, but, you know, just comics hanging out who aren't really necessarily booked to perform, you know, they just kind of really just hang out, you know, so that's kind of how the Magic Castle is too, in, in a way. Yeah, but, right. um, yeah, so it's just, you know, hang out, drink, eat, whatever. <laughs> Everyone's in suits and ties. You know, it's all formal. You know, it's a, it's a strict, yeah, it's a strict dress code. It's like super, super formal. You know, and, they turn down any anybody. Yeah. All right. And speaking of which, we we're talking about before about you, uh, you know, trying to keep your set, you know, and, and having, you know, every time you go out on tour, you you have new material. And how did you go about uh, selecting what you wanted to do for America's Got Talent? Obviously oh, that, right. That was that was a big occasion for you. It's it's on YouTube. Yeah. So, so tell me how you made the decision to do that and how what the whole process was there. Yeah, um, at the time, cause I don't know what it is now. Like they, they probably change how they do how they do all that. But um, man, I think how would I start with this story? Uh, well, I auditioned for the show six six years in a row, and on the seventh yeah. year, I finally got in. Yeah, like I would, I was there for actually the first year they did it in the open casting call and it was a super short line because no one knew about the show and then the next the next year it was like thousands of people lining up but i mean yeah i would audition like in person i would submit a video i would 
upload a video, you know, I did all this stuff, and finally, the seventh year I got in, just, I don't know how, I got a casting call from the casting director, and she was telling me my tape somehow landed on her desk, and she liked it, and then she asked me to come in for a um, a private uh, producer audition, so you, you didn't have to, like, stand in line and go through all that bullshit with all the other open casting call you know so you had a selected time slot i went there showed up i did my thing what they initially showed on tv wasn't the first routine uh choice i wanted to do yeah um so what what i auditioned with was another was another uh routine that i do no it was with uh the thing i do with uh cds oh i was yeah yeah i had this thing i do with like cds um that's how old this act is, uh, right. using CDs. <laughs> so I was doing this thing with CDs, and they liked it. So the first round, they flew me to um, St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Uh, I did the uh, first round, and I got through two out of the three judges like me. At the time, it was uh, Howie, Howie Mandel, Howard Stern. It was Howard Stern's first year, and um, Sharon Osbourne went Sharon on Osborne. it. Yeah, so Sharon didn't like me, but the other guys liked me, so they they passed me on to go to Vegas. Right. So um, so yeah, so that first round, it's crazy. They never they never aired that first round. Yeah. Um, what was it? Yeah, I, you know, it's just what they do. That's just mm. that's it's a producer call. It's their yeah. call or director's call. But I mean, that first round, I remember I got that standing O. And I got a standing O mid set. I wasn't even done with the show, my set yet. And uh, and they never aired it. I remember walking off the stage going, "Oh man, I'm gonna be a star after this." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they never aired it. So yeah. I remember I kept waiting. I was like, "When are they gonna air? When are they gonna air this? When are they gonna air this?" Like I kept waiting, waiting, waiting. Cause I I went to um to this next round to the second round in Vegas, which was the uh, the judges favorite judges favorite round. So that was the um, I made top four in the magic category at that time, so yes, yeah, so I was I was pretty much uh, I was pretty uh, good to go. But then they, they allowed the other four magicians who weren't uh, judges' favorites kind of to uh, to do their uh, another routine. I guess it was kind of like a wild card round in a sense too. Yeah. It gives them another chance to yeah. avoid elimination. So after the uh, judges favor round in vegas uh that's when i got that's when i got cut from the show and that's what they actually aired they aired that routine and they didn't air the the one where i got a standing o so yeah right. you know but uh you kind of you kind of have to expect it because in the contract they have there's this thing some clause in there i remember reading it where you you give up the right to uh uh or what is it? Not the right, but you're basically given permission to present you in a way, whether it's positive or negative, you know. Mm. So, so, so yeah. So they they showed my act and they um, they edited it obviously not in my favor and they cut they cut me from uh, from the second round. So basically, yeah. how the second round material works is um, you submit three routines that you want to do. Yeah. And at that time, it was you had to do something in 75 seconds, so I had to figure out something that would was you know 
quick and visual and big enough to play on the stage because like America's got talent now you can do close-up magic you can do mentalism you can do all kinds of stuff that is meant for smaller crowds but at the time in 2012 like they wanted to see big things big stuff so you would see all these guys with like big boxes I think the guy that went up I had to follow a guy who who made a fucking helicopter appear <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, how do, how do we follow that? Yeah. You know? So, uh, so yeah, so he made this helicopter appear. And, there was a guy um, with water, and then there was one with the yeah, yeah. of the name. Uh, uh, yeah, the mentalist. One was a mentalist. One was an escape artist. One was a guy with uh, who made motorcycles appear and helicopters appear and. Wow. You know, I was doing more simple stuff with CDs and stuff yeah. that that actually aired was with me in a uh, cardboard box where I would yeah. like try to cut myself in half. So, um, you know, so basically everyone submits three routines that they want to do, and then it's the producer picks the routine that you're gonna do out of the three. Right. So I kind of have a so I kind of have a say, but I don't have a say because that routine that I ended up doing wasn't like my first. Choice. pick you know what i mean yeah it was my first choice i like I, I would have rather done other things but you know the show is scripted and it's written so yeah, you know it's not a you know reality shows aren't you know true reality there's it's always you know it goes in a direction of a story you know yes. what's your so, opinion on, yeah. on the whole on the whole experience with that did um and reality tv what do you think about that um i mean for that, I mean, I had a good experience. It was a fun experience. It was definitely um, a lot of good. It was definitely a lot of uh, fun and good memories coming from that. And yeah, I mean, it was just so satisfying to finally get on that show um, seven years later. Yes. You know? um, but yeah, after it aired and they cut me and they made me look bad, I, I was, I was, I was kind of. I was kind of I was bummed out for 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 a while because my whole the whole time I'm thinking like oh man once they first that once they air that first round man I'm, I'm like this is it this is my this is where my blow career up. takes off yeah, yeah this is where I blow up yeah right and it didn't happen so that was like that was one that was the first disappointment and the second disappointment was how they added me into the show. Okay. So I was like, oh, man, this is terrible. Like, I waited, like, seven years, and this is how it ends. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm still glad I did the show because if it weren't for America's Got Talent, I would have never been able to do all that international tours or any of these clubs here yeah. headlining, you know, because America's Got Talent, like, as soon as you say you're on America's Got Talent, like, people will just, they'll just book you, you know, whether or not you won – you just become so much more marketable. Yes. So, you know, I didn't really work a lot after that 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 first year I was on the sh- uh, after the show aired. I wouldn't I didn't work a lot. But the following year, it was crazy. Like I just started I just started working way more, you know, like uh, things started to pick up. It was it was gradual. It wasn't looks like it all came at once, but like 20 cuz that shows 2012 yeah, so 2013, things started to pick up more. I started going on the road, and 
you know, um, headlining more stuff. And, you know, definitely that America's Got Talent credit really, you know, boosted uh, my value and marketability as a, as a headliner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because, you know, it's all about your draw in, in some of these cool. markets and some of these yeah. clubs, you know. And so, yeah. And then, you know, America's Got Talent, like, I honestly think America's Got Talent is way more huge abroad than it is here in the u.s yes uh in my opinion i mean um because i was in south africa like in 2017 and uh i did a i was doing some shows out there and afterwards i just went to 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 hang out at a club with some other local comics and the bouncer recognized me from america's out talent oh cool i was like yeah he's like hey man you're, you're justin right and i'm like yeah, I do you know. He's all oh, America's got talent, man. I, we, I watch this show. We, we we always watch that show. And I go and I go, wait, that was that was five years ago. He's like, yeah, but you know they they still play a lot of the other seasons on the show on of of the show. So I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit. So I started to realize that America's Got Talent is in a is worldwide syndication. You know, whether it's uh, the latest season or an old season, like they still play it somewhere in some in some yeah. country. It's crazy, man. Like, wow. yeah, like, you know, like Seinfeld is like the biggest show yes. in, Bra- in Brazil. Oh, like, right. it's the It's like one of the big. Yeah. Like they just got hooked. They just found out about Seinfeld a, a few years ago. Oh. And like they love they love Seinfeld. Yeah. So, you know, the, the so, yeah, and you know, at the time when I got on the show, like, I didn't really think of that in terms of like, of international and global reach. But, you know, once the opportunity came to do international, man, it was just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let me headline here. America's Got Talent, Comedy Central, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and it just it just started to, to book. And that's how I was able to book all those all those shows for, for, for eight months, you know, it was just so much easier to, 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 to headline these clubs or small theaters or whatever, or festivals, you know, just show them that clip of was like a minute or two of me on a yeah. man's got talent. Oh and it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. This guy, Honestly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a lot of people, um, they, they go, man, you look so familiar. Like, and they start to realize, oh, you're on America's Got Talent, and and that's enough for them to book me because it's like they don't even remember what I did on the show. Honestly, a lot, a lot of like a lot of bookers don't even know what I did on the show. Yeah. They or people come up to me after the show and 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 say, oh yeah, uh, I saw you on America's Got Talent, and that's why we came. So you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't even like they they came because they saw me do bad on America's Got Talent. They just they just came because they wanted to see a guy from America's Got Talent. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, so it was it was crazy, man. So that's why I always say like any 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 sort of TV expo any sort of TV exposure, whether it's big yes. or small, you just never know. You just honestly you really never know. What's the you know? saying? So, there's no What's the saying? There's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Oh, bad publicity. Yeah, I mean, it's very true in in a sense. Like, 
I mean, if they're talking bad about you, at least they're still talking about you. That's right. You know? That's right. Yes. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just how it is. That's just, that's that's the game, honestly. So. And you were talking um, talking <clears throat> earlier just about uh, the Comedy Central uh, with David. Oh right. Yeah. So it, was tell. that was that before after that or after after that? That was a uh, that was four years before I did America's Got Talent. Oh Comedy right. Was, okay. Yeah, that was like my first big TV credit was Comedy Central with, well, with David Tell. Adam Carolla was on the show. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was a cool experience, and uh, I got to meet and hang out with Dave. He's actually such a really cool, really nice guy, and super fucking funny. I love David Tell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's just a, he's a cool dude, and uh, you know I'll see him, you know randomly over the years at a, at a at a festival or a, or a club and like hey man what's up uh remember gong show and yeah oh he's like oh yeah yeah no, i remember you you did that you did that act with he's like you did that act with the cds <laughs> and i was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> the cds the CD. that's how old it was that's yeah. how old, long time ago it was but um but yeah you know he's he's always been cool and that was fun and uh you know it was just another thing to add to the reel and you know tv credit when i to book you know, clubs and, and, and headline spots or whatever it was, you know. Um, but, yeah, but that America's Got Talent clip definitely took my career to the next level. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not super famous or rich or anything, but, you know, it changed my my uh, performance schedule drastically. Right. So uh, it just kept me, honestly, it just kept me busy, kept me busy, kept me working. But, yeah, and- but Comedy Central was the first one that I did Comedy Central Asia uh, Stand up Asia uh, two years ago, so that was that was a fun thing as well to do. We filmed that in Malaysia. That's so awesome. yeah, what were you gonna actually, say? I think Sorry. I saw some of that set on uh, on YouTube as well. Um, I wanted to yeah. ask, uh, you know, also with uh, it also says that uh, you've performed for the troops and the navy and the army, marine and the air force. Oh, yeah, tell us yeah. about um, that experience. Yeah, I started doing uh, military shows in um, 20, I want to say 2014 is when I started doing them. I did, my first one was at, a, um, it was uh, Kyrgyzstan. Right. Yeah, so, so uh, there used to be uh, American troops there, but uh, they got, they were basically told to, to leave right after i had left so when i did this show there was only like 300 people on this base and at one point it was like six thousand people so um they were uh they're not there anymore and i guess because uh russia was telling kyrgyzstan to to kick out the americans so we did this (laughs) we did this show uh over there it was cool it was it was a fun experience it was uh it was definitely a trip uh, especially in Kyrgyzstan, because like the their alcohol content is like so strong. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's not like really like. Are they into the vodka? They're no, they they're into like beers and they they had this like it was crazy. It was like a wine, but it it's like a wine, but it's 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 it, it doesn't taste like a wine, but it was so strong and like. <laughs> <laughs> they would they would have to regulate this alcohol in the base because it was so strong. So they, what they would do is they would pour it into these um, small cups 
and cover with cover it with uh, with plastic saran wrap, and that was your portion because they didn't want they didn't want people on the base getting too fucked up because it was so <laughs> it was so strong it was so it was crazy, um, yeah. but yeah, um, we got to go to the uh, off base there in Kyrgyzstan. It's definitely an experience, man. Uh, the following year, I did um, I did this uh, tour with. Uh, let me see. Where was I at? It was in Italy. Oh, it was a Mediterranean. They called it a Mediterranean tour. It was Italy, Greece, uh, Turkey, and Jordan. So, so yeah, we we did uh, three weeks uh, over overseas there, and that was a trip too. That was that was that was fun. We, you know, in Turkey, we got to see a lot of the um, the the famous mosques and the uh, the bazaars and things like that. At Jordan too. And I think at the time in Jordan, we were staying at this uh, base that was near the border of, uh, it was near Saudi Arabia and um, Syria. At, at the time, I don't know if you remember, but the, I want to say like a month or two, two before I got there, they had captured, Syria had captured one of the um, Jordanian fighter pilots. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and burnt, burned. Uh, I think it was a female actually burned her alive in front of everybody uh, for the world to see. And uh, so they were. So Jordan was kind of um, was going at it with Syria at the time. So uh, we were on this base where they were. They were uh, the whole the whole time we were there. It was just constant like like just jets and planes leaving and landing it was dude it was crazy and they put they put us up in this like uh it was kind of like a i don't know what the term for it is but it's basically all these bunk beds but it's it's kind of like a tent but they it's like a makeshift tent with all these bunk beds in it and it has its own uh ac unit but it was literally like right next to the to the (laughs) runway so it was just like yeah so it was just like yeah, and I think the base commander at the time was telling us that like, yeah, every time you you hear these planes take off, uh, uh, you you can uh, you can be sure that it's going over to to Syria to uh, to drop you know bombs. It was a trip to like kind of to 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 be there, and we weren't in like an active war zone. We were like next to a war zone. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely an experience. Um, Greece was amazing. The food was amazing there. It's just beautiful over there. Same thing with Italy. We went to Sicily as well. And um, I remember going to, was it Sicily or Italy? I think it was Sicily where we had, um, where we had horse meat. And um, um, it was actually very tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it was so soft and tender and juicy. It was, I was just so shocked how good horse meat tastes. Because my first thought was that horse meat would have been like really tough and um, lean, and you know what I mean? Because because you see horses are so muscular, and you know, um, but yeah, it was actually very good, and I I eat it again. (laughs) Um, It's like like a flap steak. You ever had like a flat or a skirt steak or something like that? But but yeah, it was it was better than beef, honestly. Yeah, that was that was fun. I think the last oh, I was on a military tour last October last year, and I went back to Jordan and 
what were the other countries I did? Oh, I did uh, Bahrain and um, Kuwait and Qatar. And uh, that was a trip, too. That was a trip. Uh, uh, I was. Is, I there, was, is, uh, is there anywhere that you haven't been to? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Or that yeah, you'd like to go to? Yeah, you know, I haven't really hit up much of Europe, uh, yeah, right. really. Yeah, I've, I've done Scandinavia, but uh, I haven't been to, um, I haven't been to, like, you know, the UK, you know, just, I always wanted to do the UK comedy scene, I haven't been there. All right. You know, I definitely want to, you know, I want to see France at some point, and uh, what else is out? Oh, Germany, Germany's got a great comedy scene, from what I've heard, and um mm. Ireland, you know, all these places that uh, I definitely want to go see a lot more of uh, Europe. And uh, I definitely want to see a lot of uh, South America. I haven't really done South America mm. at all. So uh, you, have to start, um, you have to start getting the uh, the Seinfeld jokes out. Yeah, right. <laughs> start yeah, quoting, yeah. quoting Seinfeld yeah. in Brazil. <laughs> Seinfeld, yeah, definitely, you know, uh, yeah, I just want to, tra- I want to be able to travel more once this, once this uh, pandemic is over, you know, I want to go to, I want to do the Caribbean, you know, oh, the nice. food's amazing there. They have a comedy scene there and the food's oh, amazing right. there. And make sure Africa. You, and make sure you put that, Australia back on the list. Australia. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Australia's always a good, yeah, Australia's always fun, man. I, like, I definitely do like um, coming back to Australia. Um, uh, where else have I not been? I definitely want to go see more of, uh, Africa, because that was pretty. Mm. Africa is amazing, man. Have you been? Have you been? No, in... I've never been to Africa. It's on it's on my list. Yeah. Places, oh yeah. my gosh. Like I did. Uh, I was doing shows in uh, Johannesburg, Durban, oh, wow. and uh, yeah, Durban and Cape Town. And uh, man, oh, Cape Town is just amazing. What were the fans like there? Like, how were they reacting to your shows there in South Africa? Yeah, I mean, they, they were. Um, it was fun, man. It was all positive, man. I, 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 the scene, the South, Af- the South African scene, the comedy scene is 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 so um, thriving, man. Like, and not only is it just thriving, but man, there's so many smart comics there, right? And they're and they're so funny, man. Like, I just <laughs> like, man, I just couldn't. I was just, I didn't, I had no idea. You know, honestly, man, I had no idea that they were so good there and so just just clever and intelligent man like not that i thought they were dumb or anything but you know what i mean like there's just you just that wasn't one of the scenes that i thought that would just blow me away you know what i mean yeah and uh but yeah i mean the crowds were really cool and fun um like that cape town comedy club is it's man it's so fun it's so fun to perform there and the crowds Mm -hmm. are just so awesome and you know the people that are cool and uh i had a good time man it's de- south africa is definitely one of the um more uh places places where i had to definitely be more aware of my surroundings and safety it wasn't just people that were telling me this before i went there like <laughs> like it was like uber drivers yeah they were like uber drivers like hey man like, oh my god okay i gotta tell you these stories I, I, I have to. I had to take an Uber everywhere because taking the regular taxis, like they'll just, you know, try to rip you off because they know you're not from there. And at the time too, Uber was Uber drivers and regular taxi drivers were going, were having like a war. Like I think, I think we, they still are. <laughs> are they still? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They were going through this war and like it went as far as like some of these taxi drivers were um, 
were um, setting Uber Uber cars Uber cars on fire. You know, like wow. they were. I think I was reading um, there, like they were talking about firebombing, firebombing Uber drivers, oh Uber God. drivers' cars. Yeah, it got crazy. So I, I would only take an Uber for safety reasons, and um, so I got into this uh, Uber, and I usually just sit in the back, right? But the Uber driver goes, "Hey, uh, would you mind uh, sitting up front with me?" I was like, "No, nah, no, not at all. I'll sit up front." So he goes, yeah, I mean, um, I'm sorry about that. It's just that um, if you sit in the back, then it then it'll look like you're a tourist, and yes. it looks like I'm a I'm a driver for you. So we'll, we'll we'll stick out and look like a target. So if you sit up front with me, then it just looks like two people driving together, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, no, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah, and I'll sit up front. I got gotcha. you. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and then another Uber, the, um, they were, uh, he was taking me to, uh, the show and he was using, um, ways to get to the show. And he goes, um, he goes, Hey, is it okay if, if I don't use the ways app to get there? And I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, just, uh, however you feel will get us there faster and quicker or whatever. I mean, you, you know, the, you know, you know, the area better than me. I don't know anything about this place, so he goes, "Yeah, uh, okay, I'll just I'll take you to uh, around here because um, he goes, Waze Waze doesn't know that these streets are dangerous." <laughs> he goes, oh "He goes, wait, yeah, he goes, Waze is taking us on a route that's known for like crime and carjackings and oh. and being robbed." He's like, "I don't want to drive through that." And these are like local. These are local. <laughs> drivers you know what i mean like yeah. these aren't like foreigners yeah, you know yeah. like these are local drivers he's yeah. like oh yeah yeah for sure like let's yeah definitely definitely uh let's not drive through there and, <laughs> and then uh i remember coming back from a gig and the uber driver's like he's like uh he's like oh just to let you know um at this time of night at this time of night um i don't I don't do I only do rolling stops. I don't do complete full stops at the stoplight. Wow. Because because if I see somebody um try to run up on us and try to try to carjack us, it's it's easier to it's easier to to, to do Get a getaway wow. because we're still rolling as opposed to like a standstill and then taking off, right? Wow. So I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, do <laughs> do those what? rolling stops." You know what? I, I had the same. I had, and, the, same, uh, had the same problem. Uh, same thing in, in actually Brazil. I've been to South America, and uh, we yeah. did the same thing. Uh, when we come to a traffic light, um, we didn't actually stop. We just kept right. rolling. Rolling to it, right? Yeah, because if you stop, they can punch the window. They can open up the door, and right. they can steal your, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, so they're saying, you know, I was going, why aren't we stopping? <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it's a trip, right? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. And you know, also that Uber driver that told me to sit up front, he goes, um, he goes, yeah. So, it, so it doesn't look like you know you're a you're a tourist in an Uber. And he goes, also, like, sit up front with me, so just in case if someone attacks you from your side of the window, I can. I can uh, help you fight back, right? <laughs> and then, and then he goes, 
he goes, I can't help you. I can't help you if I'm sitting up front and you're sitting behind me. I, t- I can't help you fight back if you're getting attacked in the back. So sit up front. So if you get hit on attack on your side, I can help fight you up front. And he goes, also, if I get attacked on my side, you can help fight, help me fight them. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm not here. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to fight anybody. I'm, I mean, dude, if, if they're attacking you on your side, I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. either going to fight back or taking off or running somewhere. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I ain't sticking around. So, um, so yeah, that was, that made me laugh uh, when I was in the Uber. I was laughing to myself. I was like, oh man, this is a, like, what the fuck did I get myself into, man? This is this is a trip. <laughs> well, actually, you have heard yeah. about that in South Africa as well, yeah. but uh, also in South America. So, just make sure, lucky how lucky we are in our in our sort of uh, countries that that you never know that might happen to us as well. You never so, know, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that was I the remember... one thing. Well, sorry, that was the one thing that uh, um, I I found out about China. That would never happen. Never. It was the safest. Right. The safest place that I've ever been to. Yeah, just, I feel safe anywhere in China. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, other places were just crazy. Yeah, like you, you don't really like. There's not too many places like even in the city where like, oh, this is a bad area. Like, don't go. You know what I mean? Like, you could just yeah. kind of walk anywhere. Honestly, like I never felt unsafe. I mean, South Africa, man. Like, you always kind of had to just be on the be aware of your surroundings and. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, just the current, I mean, because, you know, because South Africa is like, like poverty and uh, um, the, 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 um, the the income, uh, the income uh, uh, gap is just so drastic, you know, like, it's, right. you're either like, you know, poor or like, you're either upper middle class or, or rich, you know, like, mm-hmm. the one thing that had me concerned too, the first thing I saw in, in um, Johannesburg was like, a lot of the a lot of the houses there have have um, uh, electric fences. <laughs> it's I'm not even joking, man. Yeah. Like a lot of these places have not just a fence or gate, but it's an electric fence because that's how bad the crime is out there. Like they, it's it's insane. Mm. Like to see, I've never seen that many electric fences on just regular houses, you know, anywhere and. Uh, yeah, it's a trip, man. Like the, um, you know, the crime and, and, and robberies and stuff like that. Like you just got to be careful. Um, you know, I remember g- coming uh, coming to a gig, and I had my all my stuff in the trunk, right. and uh, I was telling the dr- uh, driver, I was like, "Hey, um, could you pop the trunk, please?" He goes, "Oh, oh um, I'll I'll open the trunk when you get to the trunk because if I pop it open now." People anywhere from the sidewalk can open the trunk and just grab your stuff and run. I was like, "Oh, good call." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, "Thanks dear. for letting me know, man." Uh, yeah, man, and uh, yeah, it was a uh, man. It was a uh, it was a crazy as as crazy as it was. I had it was like one of the one of the um, most fun and interesting experiences and trips that I've I've taken because it was just such another world there, man. I mean. Uh, it was a trip, man. Just it's gorgeous too, man. The, the food there is, I love the food there too. Food's great, and the the uh, the culture is just beautiful, and the the sights are amazing, especially in Cape Town. Yeah. And um, oh, if you ever go to Cape Town too, man, you gotta like, dude, you have to watch out for the um, 
the uh, the uh, the beggars and the people that are just trying to um. the living on the street, man. Like I I had this I had this guy follow me for like five blocks, just going. He was doing this. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Uh, I'm hungry, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Just a little money, sir. Please, sir. Like literally, like that that like rhythm and and persistence. Yeah. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like it wasn't like, sir, I'm hungry. Uh, can you spare some money? It was literally, mm. please, sir, please, sir. I'm hungry, sir. Please, sir, please, sir. I'm hungry. Just a little money, sir. Like, dude, he would nag. It was like nagging me for like five blocks, and he finally he just stopped and left. There was this other guy on the street. Um, he was like, uh, I was trying to find some like farmers market to check it out, the local stuff. And this guy's like, Hey man, you need you looking for something? You need help? I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to get to this farmers market. He's like, I know where it's at. I'll take you there. And I was like, first I was like. Are you gonna really take me there, or are you gonna take me to somewhere to get ambushed, yeah. robbed? <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I was just like, I don't know, I don't know what. I eventually just, um, I was like, I'm just trying to get some like some good local food, man. Where's a good local food at? He was like, it's over here. Like, follow me. So fortunately, it was on a Sunday afternoon, so there's a lot of people out. It's a lot, and still daylight. Yeah. But I was following him, but I wouldn't follow him like. On the sidewalk, I would follow, like, I was kind of walking on the street by the cars. So, because I, I didn't want to get, like, jumped from an alley or whatever. So, uh, <laughs> so I was just walking, following him. I'm like, hey, man, where, where is this market at? Like, and, it, and then that's when it dawned on me that, like, oh, okay, this guy was just, like, bullshitting me to, like, so you could take me somewhere to, like, you know, wow. give him money or buy him food. So I was like, "Hey man, like, dude, I was kind of frustrated. I was like, "All right, man, whatever, dude. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat here because it was a lo- it was a long line. I figured the food must be good. So I ordered food and I ordered this guy food. I- I'm waiting for my food and he uh, he orders like a sandwich, right? So I pay for his food ahead of time, and then you're not gonna believe this. This motherfucker takes the sandwich, returns the sandwich." Gets a refund, gets a fucking refund, my money, and he goes, hey, man, I'm just going to go around the corner and just grab some 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 coffee. And like, I'm like, whatever, man. I was like, dude, that was the first time where I admit, like, I got hustled so because I never <laughs> saw that coming, dude. Yeah. I never saw that coming. I never thought you could just return a sandwich. So, and like the, 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 the cashier was like, you know, that's. That's uh, he obviously knew I paid for him, so why would he just give him the you know give him the money and this guy takes off? I'm like, oh, all right. Well, in my head, I'm like, all right. Well, you know, you definitely earned your uh, your hustle. <laughs> you definitely you definitely earned it because like I never saw that coming, and I was kind of impressed actually that he uh, fooled me because uh, I'm a I'm a fucking magician, so uh, and I did not see that coming at all. But yeah. Uh, yeah, man, you just gotta be careful uh, in uh, South Africa, yeah. man. I tell you, it's, exa- <laughs> it's exactly the same with Brazil. I got all these. Yeah, I just hear you talking about all these things, and uh, I have exactly the same experiences in in, in uh, Rio de Janeiro and São yeah. Paulo, especially two of the you know the most populated cities in the world, and very very poor. And then you got the very very rich, and then you know, right, right, right. no sort of in the middle. And I, I took the wrong bus. I couldn't speak Portuguese, and oh. <laughs> anyway, oh. I got dropped off at the bus station, and they couldn't understand. And then my phone died, and then 
Oh my oh. god. And then I end up going into like a, a hairdresser's and they thought I was a mute because I couldn't I was I'm, I'm trying to like show them my like my English Portuguese uh, book <laughs> translation, yeah. I'm lost. And they went, Oh, they brought a guy out that spoke English and he said, I'll take you back to the hotel and I was like, Mmm, how about you just show me how to get back there and then I'll uh, no 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 I'll take you me and my friend will take you and I was like oh what do I do do I do I get in the car and go back with these guys or find yeah. my own way and it's like okay okay I'm gonna go <laughs> I'll go yeah and, uh, they took me they did they took me back to the hotel uh, back with my friend wow. Yeah, the next day uh, I actually bought him like uh, I can't remember what uh, like a like a basket right. full of food right. and um, just appreciate you know your gesture you know. Oh, <laughs> but that's I awesome. Been, yeah, it could have ended up in the laneway or somewhere. You right, know? right. So you went back to that place and gave him food. No, my, my my friend did. Uh, she she was actually Brazilian and uh, ah. she she actually went back and thanked him so much for, for being so hospitable and for actually taking me back. Um, wow. Who yeah. knows what would have happened because my phone was dead, you know. Right, right, right. What are you going to do? Oh, that was just terrible, a man. Great, crazy situation. So, yes, yeah. I totally understand. So if I go to South Africa, <laughs> I'm going to be a hard ass and be very prepared. Like, <laughs> like, you gotta be, like, yeah, you definitely got to be careful, man. I mean, um, in Durban, I, I didn't really have to worry too much in Durban. On the on the coast, like on the on the eastern coast of South Africa, yeah. Um, so, um, but definitely Cape Town, man. Cape Town, Johannesburg, you know, just I I'd say Cape Town more than Johannesburg, but um, but yeah, they just always got to be more mindful there. Um, you know, I was in Cape Town and um, I wanted to go see the penguins, you know, in All South right. Africa. Yeah. So I was asking the people at the hotel, like. Um, I was like, hey, uh, I mean, how do I? What's the best way to get down there that's a little bit more uh, affordable? And they go, well, do you want to, um, do you want to travel like a tourist or you want to travel like a local? And I was like, uh, how bad could it be? I'll just travel like a local because I mean, people speak English in South Africa, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll travel like a local. So yes, but the, the the guy at the hotel uh, uh, had one of his friends take me. To this um, uh, kind of like a bus terminal in like this like local local mall. Like it's not like your you know shopping mall. It's like the local mall where all the locals go to like get random stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's just like a gritty looking outdoor mall. Yeah. And they have this like uh, bus terminal, but it's not buses. It's all these vans like with a sliding door. Yeah. And they're basically like miniature buses where they they pack all these people in this like um in this van and um there's a driver and there's a guy who um who takes care of the money and then there's a third guy there who just kind of stands up and opens and closes the door and hops out and you know tells people that they're there and to what stop they're at so i get into this uh, van and you know it just drives its route stops and goes stops and goes and um it's packed in this van it's just like it's just <laughs> and they actually converted it too to add more seats in it so it's like even more more packed right and um and it took me to the um this train station so i had to go take this train station 
uh, all the way down, and the train station, the 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 train, the, what do you call it? the 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 line ends because I guess the um, the rest of the track wasn't finished, so I couldn't go all the way down. So from the from the train station, I had to take an Uber down, see the penguins, and then do the same thing coming back up. And uh, when on the way back up after the penguins, I'm taking the train, and I swear the train. I kept shutting down like three times wow. and I was like I was like damn man like am I gonna get stuck out here on this <laughs> train yeah like you know and um I wasn't too worried because like like little kids were getting on the train and from school you know their school uniforms and backpacks like they were getting on the train and they were hanging out so I'm like I'm like I think I should be cool I should be good here because um you know there's just there's women and children on this train and I should be fine and it's daytime. Yeah. So I'm looking out and like I see all these like what started to worry me though is that like people would start to jump off the train and just start walking and I'm like I'm like shit should I start walking too like well, but I don't even know where I'm where I'm, where I'm gonna go you know so I'm just gonna stay on this train <laughs> so I, I look out the window and I can see like the train conductor like hopping out looking at the train tracks looking at the at the wheels, looking at something underneath the train. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And finally, like, um, this train starts to pick up uh, power again. And then uh, I, I, later I found out that um, the train isn't reliable and it always stops because uh, people uh, steal the copper wiring on these train tracks that power the trains. And they steal the copper wiring cables, the wire, the copper cables, and they they scrap it for metal, and they get money for that. Wow. So sometimes these trains lose power because people are stealing the copper cables that supply power to the trains. Mm. So that's why, so that's why all these trains stop. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, that's crazy. So I, I finally get back to the hotel, and that's a different, that's a different person at the counter, and. They're like, hey, uh, well, welcome. Uh, what'd you guys, what'd you do today? I was like, oh, oh uh, I was like, oh, I took the, I took a van to go to the train station to go see the uh, penguins, and they're like, you did what? <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, I just, you know, just did some local transportation to go see the penguins, and they go, they go, are you, are you crazy? Insane. I was like, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, why? He's like, he's like, you know, you, you, you could have been murdered today (laughs) and i was like really i mean i didn't feel too unsafe and like but yeah man like but there's like like, you just don't really understand like you you stick out you're obviously not from here so you know you you really took a chance on like (laughs) trying to see these penguins i'm like oh shit it must have been uh, good penguins (laughs) i know man i mean good thing nothing happened man i was uh but yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'll do that again, but, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about this. Uh, also, I was doing a bit of research and saw um, that you did some work with One Republic. Tell us about tell us about that. And the Black Eyed Peas as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, One Republic, there was, they were doing this music video for, um, I think it was a song, Love Runs Out. It was like one of their singles at the time. This is like 2014. Right. And uh, uh, they had this. The music video concept was like this. It's such a weird, like I don't know if you've ever seen the music video, but it's such like a weird avant-garde type of experimental um, 
scene, like all these different weird shots and costumes and characters, you know. And um, they wanted a magician to um, play like this warlock looking type of character. Right. right. And uh, they wanted to see me to like make fire appear out of my hands and smoke oh, wow. appear out of my hands and stuff like that. And uh, so I was pitching them some ideas about what I can do. And uh, they ended up using me uh, with fire in my hands, like making fire appear. And I was in the video for like one second, like a like a like a like a split second. It was it was uh, if you blink, you'll miss it. That's how quick it was. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I ended up on that, and uh, I got to meet the band really quick, and they were they were really cool and friendly, and uh, yeah, nice nice guys, you know. And uh, yeah, man, um, I think I was there. It was crazy because I think I was on set for like ten hours. Wow, and because um, they 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 shot my scene last, and uh, um, what do you call it? And I think they actually filmed me for like I don't know five ten minutes, and then that was it. <laughs> and I was there for like ten hours. <laughs> so, uh, but I got paid for it, so it was cool. It was a fun experience. So uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll get you know. Um, uh, calls to do like consulting work basically yeah. that was like a consulting gig to do like how can we incorporate magic into this music video yeah um you know mcdonald's um hit me up to do um to do magic for some of their uh marketing uh meetings and they actually hired a, a yoga instructor yeah, wow. uh, a feng shui, a feng shui artist a feng shui expert and then a magician, which is me. And they, we had to like do all what we do for like marketing executives. And like, they would take notes and I'm like, I have no idea what you guys want from me, but <laughs> the guy who was running is like, Oh no, you're doing great. Like, I know it may seem weird that, you know, uh, yeah, they're just taking notes and they're kind of reacting. And like, cause basically they were giving us like, each one of us had to do uh, present our expertise with um, a theme. Like they would give us like uh, three themes or like something about perception and illusion or whatever, something like that. And we had to like present the topic using our uh, talents as like examples. So it wasn't like it wasn't like a show show. Like I would do a trick and explain how this trick would work psychologically and how why this uh you know stuff like that and they were like oh wow okay and then like they would take notes and i had no <laughs> i have no idea what they how they use that information to come up with a marketing campaign for mcdonald's but that's what they yeah. do these like they're basically like kind of like uh it's kind of like a like a think tank type of thing you know yeah um uh, but for marketing and uh but yeah that was a that was an experience uh, another consulting thing the one for black eyed peas was um apple the app the uh he's actually filipino one of the the guy who usually has like a mohawk that guy um he's filipino and um he has this uh charity organization um for the philippines that helps you know families out in the philippines so yeah, right. uh, yeah so we would do shows um uh, for him, like fundraiser shows for him and his uh, organization, and uh, yeah, man, Apple's a, Apple is a 
Apple the App's a cool guy too, really friendly. He's really like approachable and um, you know, just easy to talk to. He's not like, you know, a, a celebrity that, you know, you're like can't talk to or like you know what I mean? Like he's just really you know, cool down the earth. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's all human, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just you know, you like sometimes when you meet celebrities or famous people, like you just kinda have this you think they're like too big or something like that. And some of them are like, some of them yes, definitely treat true. you, treat, treat you like you're, oh, you're not good star. enough. Yeah. yeah. I'm a rock star, you know, but yeah. like, fortunately for me, like, uh, I really haven't had that, uh, problem with, uh, meeting celebrities. I do think actually, um, the one celebrity that like acted like a big shot around me was, uh, was George Lopez. I remember that. Oh, really? That was in- yeah. That was interesting. What's that? <laughs> Just had a bad attitude or just I mean like we were talking and then like he would just like we were talking and then um once he found out that I was like a comedian and magician, he just literally turned around and walked away. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> the weirdest, like cause we were just talking, you know, and like yeah, and then uh and then and then and then he just just left like mid conversation. It was weird. Wow. You know, and uh yeah, just walked off. It was weird. Um but yeah, other than that, I mean like I've always had really um any celebrity I've met was always pretty cool, you know, and, and, and down to earth. Yeah. But um so but yeah, man, uh And uh let's let's wrap it up here. So um yeah. what's the plans uh for the future for Justin Rivera? Man, uh, you know, yeah. After the pandemic? After the <laughs> um, pandemic, yes. I should have mentioned that, yes. Yeah, you know, um, there's not really much in the future. I, literally, everything got canceled for me this year. <laughs> so, yes. um, you know, uh, also, it also, I guess it is, it's kind of like a, a blessing in disguise for me because, you know, I was always working and performing so much and traveling that I never really had time to, like, work on projects that I wanted to pitch you know for tv or you know whatever so the time now i've I've been i've been really trying to work on more social media stuff and writing sketches and filming and editing stuff like that you know definitely writing more material more jokes and working on um you know ideas for scripts and for uh you know sitcoms and stuff like that so definitely there's been a lot of time to um get uh creativity energy create creative energy out and uh i did see you know, some you, uh, videos on on instagram there where you're doing some little short little videos yeah 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 you know um because that's all we can really do right now honestly, yeah that's man. true like, you know all the live shows are done so we we kind of have to just go where the people go which is online yeah and uh you know whether it's a zoom show or a putting out, you know, funny content, you know, just, just trying to like, um, get out there more. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there more and and be in people's still be in people's minds and let them know you're still around and still trying to create and be funny and do things, you know? So, uh, you know, uh, now's the time for, how I look at it is like, now's the time for me to like start changing up my social media (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, and trying to trying to just get followers now, you know, because, yes. you know, at the end of the day, too, you know, uh, it started the, the comedy market is also starting to turn to not just your TV credits or, you know, film roles or whatever. You know, 
a lot of it has to do with social media now too. It's like, does this guy have a, uh, a social media presence? You know, is he going to be able to uh, promote our shows on his social media uh, as far as like the venues and the clubs go? Mm. You know, uh, does he have a does he have a following? Yes. You know, is he in, uh, not only does he have a following, or like, uh, are, is his engagement up there with his followers? You know, because like some people, you know, buy followers to get their numbers up, but then you look at their posts and it's like ten likes. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> do it's yeah. like so like nowadays it's not even like based on how many followers you have now. It's like it's it's the amount of engagement with your. Uh, with your 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 post or whatever your content is now you know That's right. That's right. so it's like so now i mean the the, the game has changed so much in, in terms of uh marketing yourself in showbiz uh so you know i have to start uh adapting to that and uh you know and it's just hard to do when you know you're always out on the road traveling like you don't have you know, you don't have time to do that. Not only do you have time, you're not even aware of that. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you're yes. just, you're literally just like, all right, I got this show. I got to get there, right there, and I got to set up. I got to shower. I got to do a sound check. You know, I got to get my merchandise together. You know, you're not thinking about your online presence, you know. Yeah, that's you right. Know. Yes. You know, yeah, do you post, yeah. Do you have someone doing that for you or, or are you just doing it yourself? In terms of like social media uh, so, marketing, social media, yeah, yes, yeah. For I mean, for now, I'm I'm doing it myself, and because um, I have the time for it now. But I and, think, yeah. And also, sorry, sorry. I wanted to ask. It, it's always an interesting question with my international, you know, guests. Do you have an agent, or ha- have you had an agent previously, or do you book yeah. your your own gigs? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I have an agent for cruise ships. Um, uh, I had an agent for college or university shows, um, but as far as like comedy, I'm pretty much self booking myself. Cause honestly, you know, um, once you just start hanging out and getting to know people and meeting the right people, you can, you can just book yourself. You know, you really need to yes. pay somebody 10%. Honestly, like a lot of the stuff I got on my own was just through knowing this comedian or um knowing knowing so and so or this producer knows this guy and you know what i mean so it's like you didn't really have to know you didn't really need an agent to get booked in comedy comedy i mean back in the day i I mean like the 80s and 90s in terms of like american comedy yeah i mean yes you would there was always yeah sure i mean there was always comedy agents that just knew all the clubs and yes you know get you in but like nowadays there's so many clubs and there's just people are just so more accessible now that you don't really need an agent to do comedy, mm. you know. Um, so I self book a lot myself uh, to, for clubs and private events or corporate events or whatever. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I literally um, made all my contacts and, and uh, bookers and producers just by hanging out and meeting other comedians. And that's why it's so. Um, it's so good to it's it's so important I should say to 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 always try to do well and always try to have a good set whether it's a small room or a a, a big room or whatever show it is you know I mean with the ex- exception of an open mic you know you're supposed to you know bomb there but I mean 
when you do like these shows where they book you to perform and pay you, like you should do well because you just never know who's watching, you know? Exactly. Um, you know, cause a lot of bookers too, a lot of them ask the opinions of other comedians that they trust. And they're like, Hey, uh, what do you think of, you know, Justin Rivera? Or what do you think of so-and-so, you know, is he good? Is he funny? Is he, you know what I mean? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah no, he's, he's great. I, I mean, he, I, every time I see him, he kills or whatever, yes. you know, oh, he's a, he's a good guy, you know, like, yeah, you should, you should book him, you know? So a lot of it's booking through that or like a lot of it's like like uh, a comic or somebody will see me like, hey, man, I think you're awesome, man. You, sh- you should do this room because you do great there. You should hit up this guy. And some of them even say, hey, man, just let him know I sent you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and there you go. You know, so that's why it's important to to always uh, to do well, even if it's a guest spot, because like a guest spot is like your calling card, you know, yes. your five, your five, seven minutes is basically saying, hey, this is me and uh, this is why you should book me. So you should kill. You should have a killer five to seven at least, you know, and clean, too, because you just never know. Yeah, right. You never know. Exactly. So, um, yeah, you don't have to be a clean comic, but at least have a clean five minutes because some of these clubs just don't want dirty stuff you know and uh until you decide to figure out that's the market you want to work whether it's clean or dirty then pursue that but if 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 uh you're not prominent or established in any of those scenes or markets yet for for uh dirty comedy you know then uh you should just you should just try to work clean as much as you can while you're still coming up you know what i mean yes and 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 not i'm not knocking dirty comedy because i think it's funny and and and, uh there are awesome dirty comics you know but when you're not famous and you don't have a name it's harder to get booked as a dirty comic yes you know in that in that sense so so advice to anybody listening (laughs) working on five seven minute sets you know keep that in mind yeah, so. excellent. Yeah, uh, is there anything that you want to uh, promote? Uh, social medias, um, any sponsors that you want to sort of uh, give a shout out to? Yeah. Um. Well, uh, I have a podcast. Uh, I have some episodes up right now, and some of them are being put out uh, later on. Justin, but, uh, I tried to download that on your for, through your Instagram link, and it doesn't work. Oh yeah. Uh, so you need one, to check that. Okay, yeah, that I don't know if that link actually. I think I just posted the URL, but uh, but there that was a different podcast that I did, but uh, that yeah, was so a comedy comedy clubs podcast. But there's one on my Instagram, uh, the Justin Rivera. Okay. Uh, my pod, yeah, my podcast, and then the bio. There's a link. It's uh, it's called uh, ROFL Rivera on the floor laughing, and um, the link is ROFLshow.com. And uh, it'll take you a link, and you click that, and then it'll take you to uh, the the podcast. So it's on. Basically, I have this podcast produced by uh, Brigade Brigade Radio One, and um, they have uh, production offices on the uh, Universal Studios uh, backlot, but you know, by in Hollywood where they have like the theme park. Oh yeah. So so in the backlot they have they uh, I record my podcast there in in Hollywood. So um, there's some episodes up right now, and there should be come more coming out uh, soon. So you can check that out, rofl-show.com, uh, justinrivera.com as well. You can find my podcast there. Um, 
posting sketches on my Instagram um, at the Justin Rivera. Yeah, man, and I'm on Facebook too. You just search my name, Justin Rivera, comedian, magician, Justin Rivera. It's all there. You'll find me. Awesome. Easy to find. So yeah, and, man. Sorry, just one more thing. Uh, yeah. Do you prefer uh, being a magician or a comedian? Uh, if you're like going back on, for example, if you're going back on America's Got Talent and they said, oh, you had to choose one, magician or comedian? Right. Um, man. I definitely, oh, oh man, this is tough because. And, uh, and, then, and then, sorry, uh, uh, on top of that, is that is there very many magician comedians out there? Like, I uh, know they're separate, but yeah, like, to combine them together, that's very original. For me, oh, yeah, there are. I mean, there are definitely comedians or magicians that have elements of comedy, but um, as far as like the comedy scene, there aren't too many working uh, in comedy market as much. You know, um, in the American market especially, there's there's aren't that many. And um, honestly, man, I think I'm one of like the one of the very few that are actually doing it full time magic in a, in a comedy venue, because a lot of my, the majority of my income is all, um, comedy, comedy shows, comedy venues, comedy, whatever, you know, it's yeah. not just magic. Yeah. There's not too many. I mean, I, I, I know like in, doesn't like Australia or UK have more comedy magicians or comedy or magic acts that do comedy. Mm. I Not, thought they did, but I don't think as much. I as think they. I have seen a few like on the TV um, yeah. when they have like the comedy uh, on the Comedy Channel. Um, right. But not too many. But like not too many big sort of names. Definitely to your advantage. Yeah, you know, and um, you know that's why like I never really gave up the magic because. Uh, you know, I, I present magic in, in such a way that's different and um, current and more modern and updated in terms of comedy. It's just more, um, it's not like the old, like, 80s, 90s style of comedy magic, you know, which is the yes. majority of what, like, uh, magicians who do comedy, more, it's more of that kind of style, more kind of hack and cheesy and kind of, you know... Um, you know, silly, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, uh, like a lot of those magicians that do try to do comedy, like they, they couldn't work like a real comedy crowd or comedy venue or yes. people who actually come to see the art of comedy. You know what I mean? Like they, they're I always tell, I always say this, like there's, 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 there's comedy for magic and there's, there's comedy for comedy and like there's yes. two different two different things you know like um because what most magicians don't understand is that like all the all they all they think you have to do as a comedian is get a laugh and that's not true like you 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 have to get a laugh in an original way you know yes. what i mean and you have to you know there's just certain ways you 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 you, you have to present comedy in a certain way where it doesn't come off as a hack or uh, yes. or or cheesy or or whatever or slapstick, you know what I mean? And and a lot of magicians don't get that. Like that's why you you'll hear a lot of stock lines or you'll hear a lot of um, 
you know, street jokes or internet jokes and a magician who act who thinks they're funny or thinks they're doing comedy because they don't understand that you have to be original in comedy, you know. And the majority of magicians aren't really original because a lot of magicians do uh, a lot of magicians do material that's based on other magicians' work or creativity, you know, like you gotcha. can buy stuff. You know, you can buy stuff. There's definitely a magic market where you can buy tricks and add it to your repertoire, you know, and a lot of magicians kind of do similar things, you know, so they don't really have that mindset of a magician, of a comedian who's always trying to write their own material and be original and, you know, have their own voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and don't get me wrong, like, like I love magic and and I love, you know, uh, I love doing other magicians' tricks, but you know, there's there's uh, there's a point in in uh, in a magician's uh, I don't want to say career, but there's a point in that magician's uh, uh, some year in, at some point in a magician's uh, I guess career. If you if there, I can't think of a better word, where you have to like figure out, all right, how am I gonna how am I going to do this my own way? You know, how am I going to present magic where it's not out of the box and sounds like that guy or sounds like this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So yeah. that's where I started to figure out where the comedy could come in because I always knew I was funny and I never really started off in stand-up. You know, I always started off in magic and the comedy came through through came through by, you know, doing crowd work or doing riffing and then um, – you know, writing a joke and seeing if it would work for this trick, you know, because a lot of the stuff that I do is like the trick is like a setup for the joke, you know what I mean? Yes, or, yes. or vice versa or whatever. Or like I'll do jokes in between tricks to transition to the next trick, you know what I mean? Or something like that. So that's why I started to figure out and realize that I could really use comedy to my advantage to make my magic more unique because the comedy had a, because my sense of humor was different than your typical hack magician magicians you know what i mean if that makes sense yeah so that's why i never (laughs) that's why i never really gave up the magic 100 percent because i was doing magic in such a way where it was so i was presenting magic not like a magician if that makes sense and like the stuff i do now is more like if a comic were to present magic, if a comedian, the stand-up comedian was going to do magic, it would look like this. You know, that's yeah. just kind of like what I, and like, like my idols growing up was like, was amazing Jonathan, you know, and he was, he was big in Australia too. at um, in the nineties, you know, and he's always been a, uh, inspiration and, uh, he's a, just a legend. He's just, he's yeah. just yes. funny. And, oh, interesting story too. Um, his assistant, um, psychic, uh, was it Tanya? Psychic. Um, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Psychic Ta- Tanya. Uh, she's actually a um, stand-up comedian herself. And she was... Oh, Mr. right. Mr. John. Yeah. She's been a stand-up comedian actress for, like, years. Uh, yeah. she's She goes way back to the comedy store. Like, I think she was a pastor and was a regular there uh, at one point in the 90s or something like that. But um, I was working with her in Vegas... And because you know, Amazing Jonathan is retired now because he had this whole heart condition and everything. Oh. So, 
So, uh, yeah, and he's old. He did a lot of drugs, so he's, like, weak. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I'm doing my act. And then, um, and then uh, who is it? Uh, her name? Oh, yeah, Penny. Penny Wiggins, who, was, who played Psychic Tanya, I want to say. Psychic, Psychic Tanya. And she comes up, up to me, and she's like, she's like, you know what? It's... It's crazy because I watch your I watch your your act, and I'm thinking to myself, he's he's like the amazing John he's doing the amazing Jonathan, yeah. but he's not the amazing Jonathan and yeah. and she and I was like oh my gosh thank you so much she's like, she's like yeah exactly because like that was my idol growing up and and you know always wanted to like be the next amazing Jonathan you know and I always wanted to be like uh not just the next one, but I wanted to be like the mo- the modern day version and the the modern day and funnier version than Amazing Jonathan. Because you know, I always wanted to like, you know, I always felt like you had to be better than the greats that you looked up to yeah. to, to to like further advance you know the art and the craft. So so yeah, when she said that, I was just like, oh my, I got chills. I was just like, yeah. like, yeah, like you're just you're like you're like I'm trying to I'm trying to watch you and, and figure out like what you're doing and if you're doing anything like the amazing Jonathan, but like you're so much like him, but you're not doing anything like him. And I'm like, thank you so much. Like you have no idea how much that means to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause she was telling me stuff about like a lot of magicians just straight up steal from the amazing Jonathan and do his, do his bits. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, that's the one thing too, is like, that's why I kind of never really pursued the magic market because there's just too many, I think there's more thieves in magic than there are in comedy, honestly, because I'm, I'm I'm in both worlds and and uh, it's just uh, you know at least because in comedy there's more of a uh, there's more of an ethic ethics and, and uh, ethical system and, and and there's like ethics and codes that we kind of all kind of abide by like unwritten rules you know and there's also like a sense of like um, vigilante justice in terms of like comedy when it comes to like thievery but like in magic it's just like if you if you take someone's idea you may you know you may get called out on it but you're not gonna get like shit like you would from other comedians you know what i mean yes and uh you know and and that's what i mean like a lot of magicians just have that mentality of taking and using because you know, that's how they learned magic was you you bought a trick, you read the instructions, you practiced it, and then you presented it, you know. So there wasn't really any sort of, like, mentality of, like, writing and creating and crafting or inventing mm-hmm. as much as, like, a comedian does from day one. You know, a comedian from day one as an open micer or as someone who started off in comedy has to write original shit from the beginning, you know. Like, you're supposed to. You know, with magic, like you're learning someone else's routine and just getting the basics down. Thank you, Justin. Uh, thank you very much yeah, for your time. Um, no I was problem, so cool for... to uh, watch you in Shanghai a couple of years ago, and yeah, uh, and good to see that uh, you're still going strong. And um, hopefully, when the pandemic uh, finishes, you can get back out on the road and do what you do best. Um, yeah, man. Definitely jump on his uh, Instagram. He's, he's doing lots of posts, lots of videos, and uh, keeping you updated through this time. Thanks, Thank man. You. Thank you, Justin. Have a great day. Thanks for your you time. You too, man. Take care, man. Be safe. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.